Shoot the click. What click? You didn't hear it. What click? That click. Well, I heard that. That's not a click. Yeah. That's a. That's more of a knock. Okay, did you hear the knock? Yeah, I heard oh, the knock. Somebody we... at the door? <laughs> the dog. <laughs> Hi, this is Brian White. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of Celebrity Soul Speak with Brian and Renee. Cass Elliot. My wife, Renee, is a medium, and I've been a radio personality for over 50 years. The other side established communication with us because they wish to stay in touch with this dimension. They know I truly love and respect music and the artists that perform it, and Renee is a huge music fan as well. We started this podcast, and we've been interviewing celebrities that have passed over. We're giving them a platform, and they have a lot to say, and we're in contact and passing along their thoughts. Cass Elliott was Mama Cass, the close to 300-pound contralto lead singer of the Mamas and Papas, a dominant folk rock vocal group in the late 1960s. They sold more than 40 million records with six of their albums making it to the Billboard Top 10, and they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998. Characterized as a hippie group that dressed as they please, they were torn apart by many love affairs, addictions to various drugs, heavy drinking, and smoking. After the group broke up in 1968, Mama Cass went on to a solo career and released five solo albums. Mama Cass, Cass Elliot, dream a little dream, baby. Cass says, is it okay if I crash? Of course you can crash. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I know I love you. I love you. Well, I love you too, sweetie. You know, I was just watching something on the Mambas and Papas here recently. They were just doing some different specials about the groups that blazed trails in the 1960s, and I followed you guys. The very first song, you guys were it. Cass says, I miss it and I don't miss it. I don't miss how I was treated. I don't miss feeling bad about myself. I don't miss the depression that I had because of it. I don't necessarily miss the people that I worked with. We know that there was a lot of strife between the four of you. Cass says, oh, you don't know the half of it. Constant. It was constant. I always felt like I wasn't an asset. Yeah, but your voice is beautiful. The group wouldn't have been the group without your voice. Cass says, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I always thought that I was an integral part of the group, but it's one thing to say that we were all important, and it's another thing to have people right there performing with you, writing with you, singing with you, who are saying that you're not as important, and that's a big part of what happened to me. It just seems so unfair. I guess it's the egos. Cass says, John Phillips. Never let an opportunity pass to put you down. I read that he was unpleasant. They showed him to be kind of a tyrant. Cass says he was a tyrant. He was mean to Michelle, fired her from the group one day, and he just said, yeah, I had everything his way. The whole thing with his daughter was weird. I didn't know about the whole thing with his daughter until after. And then I say, I can't believe I spent all that time with him and didn't know. But you know, I was not sober for most of that anyway. Anyway, I was so caught up in my own stuff. I was caught up in my own issues. I could not have been less aware of what was happening around me. I feel like I needed somebody to step in and say, get a hold of yourself, take care of yourself, and I don't think I ever had that. Everybody around me was getting high, everybody around me was shooting shit, and that's just what we do, and that was the way it was. It felt like we weren't doing it for ourselves, other people were offering it to us. Well, I shouldn't say us, because I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it was a way to sort of get under the weight of the depression that I had, and the depression was for my weight, and the weight was for my depression. So, a bit of a downer, I think, but I found that the only thing that I really loved was singing. Like, there was this time when I was singing that I could feel okay. Well, you see, I didn't necessarily like the people I was singing with. I remember watching you perform. You were just so happy. Big smile on your face when you were singing. Cass says, I feel like maybe I never got as far with my voice as I could have if I wasn't so twisted up with my own stuff. I really wanted to do solo work. But when I did, when I branched out in Vegas, it didn't work out for me. And I got even worse. 
It didn't work out because I was not sober. I just wasn't there. My voice was disappearing on me. I was sick. I was falling apart. You know, if you look at all the musicians who are starting out in the business world and taking whatever is being given to them, you find that they begin to peter out in their 30s. Yeah, yeah, that's when the voice begins to go. They develop diseases that come with old age and that they're falling apart on stage. They're collapsing on stage. They're forgetting lyrics. They're wandering around. It's like you're aging on stage. And I wonder how come somebody didn't say, put her in a hospital. Let her get some rest. Let's detox for something because she's a freaking mess. And nobody ever said that to me. I've spoken to a lot of artists, and they're all saying the same thing, that the record labels just keep working, just keep pushing, and they don't care that you might need to rest. Cass said, they see us as a product or a machine. You know, put a quarter and get a song, put a quarter and get a song. And you know, the worst thing is, I think that we buy into that. We think, yeah, I've got the best voice out there. Yeah, I'm really good at writing songs. But the songs that we were writing, it took a while to get those songs. They didn't just come out on demand, and it takes a while. I don't know. I don't know why it is exactly that. I chose that life because it seemed like what I wanted from it and what I got from it are two completely different things. And I was happy, no doubt. I was happy for a while, but for a really long while, I was really unhappy and really unhealthy. We'd like to know a little bit more about your passing. What was your experience? Cass says, my heart gave out. I think it had been stress and drugs and no sleep and a life of hard living, but my heart just gave out. There was like this couple of hours where I felt like I was so exhausted. I couldn't breathe. I'd been partying. I'd been talking and eating and laughing, but I felt like I was starting to lose steam and went home. I felt like every step I was taking was a strong effort. I almost collapsed in the bed and I thought, I have got to take a few days to myself. Then when I got in the bed... I kept taking these breaths, but it felt like I couldn't get a deep enough breath. It felt like the world was slowing down, and then I realized I'm really sick. I'm really, really sick here. And then I must have fallen unconscious because the next thing I knew, I was out of my body. I told you, I aged before my time. I died like I was 90 years old or something. It's a particular phenomenon, I think, to look at somebody who's 20 or 30 years of age, or maybe a teenager, and to see them bent over and shuffling because there's no energy left. I think sometimes people go to concerts or they're watching somebody on TV, and they're watching a person who's actively dying. And so why didn't somebody stop things? Why doesn't somebody say, take them to the hospital or stop this torture? Give them a break. Nobody says that. It's like, we're part of this machine, and we're constantly being pushed because we're living a lifestyle that has to be paid for, and are being told that if we don't show up, even though we're really sick, that our life is going to be taken away. Well, Cass, we started this podcast after a conversation with George and John. Our goal is to bring awareness to the public about how artists are treated. Because, you know, nothing's going to happen until people become aware of what's going on. And this is something that's very far from people's minds. They don't think about their favorite artists and how they're treated. All they think about is the music. They don't think about them as a person. So what we're doing is interviewing you on the other side because you know the story and you can tell the story without being afraid that they're going to come after you. You can tell the real story. And every artist that we talk to, we discuss the fact that you guys aren't treated properly and it is leading to early burnout and in some cases death. So we're addressing it. We're a little tiny voice. Who knows? Will we become a loud voice? That's going to just depend on the universe and what it wants us to do. Because it's led us this far, now we just have to wait and see where we're going from here. But we're saying something, Cass. We are. Almost all of you are the walking dead. We haven't spoken to one artist who was healthy and happy, having a great life. Not one. Cass says, yeah, I think that's something that I'd love to see what you do with because it's so important. 
and it's something that we talk about. I was talking to Whitney about it, and a few others, Elvis, you know, those of us who were the walking dead. Yeah, yeah. Then there's you know what. I don't know. Do you think that the trauma is what produces the great music, or does the trauma make the great music go away? Cass says, that's a good question. That's a tough question, because I think all of us came from trauma. I can't think of a single person I know who made it big who didn't come from a broken home or poverty or something like that. It created the musician, and then it destroyed the musician. So it's that unhappiness, the unhappiness that they're having. That's what it is. It's the unhappiness that surrounds them, Cass says. Is that what it is, the unhappiness? Or is it the inability to figure out what happiness is and walk toward it? Another point that's excellent. Cass says, yes, if you're thinking that a person is essentially unhappy, then wouldn't they just look for another person who can make them equally unhappy? Because the fact of the matter is, nobody forced me to join the groups I joined. Nobody forced me to get up on stage because I loved it. I kind of got into a relationship with record companies and agents and managers who just took advantage of my inability to figure out how to manage myself. This is such a relevant conversation. We'd love to continue this. Cass says, sure, anytime. God, thanks so much, Cass. Thanks, Cass. Thanks for joining us. Join Celebrity Souls Speak on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Celebrity Souls Speak. And check out Renee's blog at commonsenseinwilmingtonnc.blogspot.com. Sense spelled C-E-N-T-S.